I'm Brett Fuller, and this is Your 15. Today we want to talk about what it, what it means to be of different ethnicities, how God created the different races, and maybe a little bit of why. Our passage is going to be taken from the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 24 through 27. It says, The God who made the world and all things in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He served by human hands, as though He needed anything, since He Himself gives to people life and breath and all things. Verse 26, And He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having predetermined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Verse 27, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. Here Paul was speaking to the Athenians, and he was trying to explain to them how God did what He did, and why He made different people groups. And we, we probably need to go all the way back to Noah, and Noah because Noah and his kids were the survivors of the flood. They were the only folks from whom we can directly find our lineage now. And when Noah came out of the ark, he had his three sons, their wives, and then his wife, eight people in all. One of his sons was named Ham. And the word Ham in the Hebrew actually means dark-skinned. He had a son named Canaan, and Canaan dwelt with the Canaanites, but it says that when the, when the three sons began to disperse throughout the, the earth that Ham went to the south, the region that we would now describe as more of Africa. And Jephthah and Shem went in other directions. And we, what, we, what we understand, not only from that, and we understand from what we just read, is that Adam was a man who had all the genetic makeup of all the people groups on the inside of him. He was the one from whom we all came. And so I can, I can claim him as my daddy just as much as the person from European extraction can claim him as their daddy. And so because he had that, he had the potential of producing people who look like me. Now, I did a little bit of biology. I was a biology major. And I know that when you separate genetic groupings, one from another, that the thing that is dominant in that particular set of, of mice or fruit flies becomes dominant in a group of fruit flies as they begin to replicate. Whether it's a, a recessive trait or a dominant trait, if you don't intermingle again, that those traits become the thing that is probably best known in that group of people. So you can tell I'm African, of African descent, and sure enough, uh, I, I came from a group of people who are predominantly black that dwelt in Africa. Now, because I'm also a little latte-colored, you can tell that I probably have some European extraction in me, and true, I do, because some of my ancestors, yeah, I'm not as proud of this as I could be or should be, but yeah, they were white slave masters, and so it, 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 it makes it somewhat uh, difficult for me to embrace, but I must because I understand that that is part of my heritage. It was really interesting for us when our fifth child was born, his name is Tellus, uh, my wife and I are African-American, and, and he came out with sandy colored hair and blue eyes. Oh, it was a shock for us in the maternity ward. I wanted to know, where'd you come from? Well, my wife had a uh, great-great-grandfather who was a slave master, and 
Genetically, I had a great, great, great grandfather who was a slave master. Somehow or another, those genes got put together and we came out with a boy that had blue eyes. Shocked us. But in that revelation, we also understood that we need to embrace who, who, who we are, all of who we are. And so God made from one man every nation. And <clears throat> he appointed boundaries for all of the people groups. Now, that's not just geographical lines on the earth in which they are to dwell, but boundaries with respect to culture, boundaries with respect to tastes, boundaries with respect to desires and tendencies, things that sometimes we stereotypically brand groups with, we understand those to be sometimes boundaries. Now these boundaries aren't things to be crossed because we cross boundaries all the time. They are just things that allow us to understand who we are best. I know there's some things in my life that I like that's probably some white folk or Latinos or Asians just don't care for that much. I have a sister and my mama used to do her hair. And uh, generally speaking, uh, all black people have brown, tending toward black, kinky hair. Tight, curly. And you see, though, that, that the women have very long hair. You know, it's straightened. And you, but you, you don't see that same kind of thing naturally in other population groups, meaning it's straight for the black men, or, or, or say Asian men, and straight for Asian women, and straight for white women, and straight for Asian men. How in the world do black folk get women with straight black hair? Well, it's called ironing it or using a hot comb. And my mother would take this hot comb, she'd put it on a stove, a gas stove, and let it heat up. And then she'd take my, my daughter's hair and put grease all in it, uh, my daughter, my sister's hair and put grease all in it, and then go ahead and pull that hot comb through that hair, and the grease would begin to, to literally cook a little bit, and you'd see smoke coming up. And I'd walk in, and I'd smell the burning hair. And you know what? That's home to me. Now, most of y'all would be sickened by the smell of burning hair, but I like it. It makes me feel comfortable. There are things that are distinctive to how I grew up and my culture that are enjoyable to me. And there are things that are distinctive to yours that are enjoyable to you. And the beauty is that God made us all a little different, made our taste buds a little different, the things we grew up with a little different. Why? So he could show his diversity and show the beauty of his his ability to, in, to, to, to create individuality amongst all of us and to do it in such a way that he doesn't replicate any one of us. Oh, there might be people who look like me, but they aren't me. We all have different fingerprints. We all have different tendencies. There's never been a duplicate of anybody. God did not make clones. He made individuals. And when I sit down with somebody of, 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 of a different background and different ethnicity, I get the privilege of feeling the value that they add to my life as a result of their experience. God's not colorblind, and I don't want anybody else to be. Now, I realize that our society kind of likes the idea of colorblindness because it makes us feel better about, us, about our policies and that we don't prefer one group ab above another. Well, I don't b believe we should give preference to one person above another when it comes to ethnic diversity. Everybody's equal. But we don't have to be colorblind to do it. I think that our, our, our definition, our recognition of somebody else's differences really adds to our own culture rather than just ignoring it. I want people to understand that I'm African-American. I want them to understand where I came from. And I want to understand where they are. This allows us to grow in the process of understanding what God did 
uniquely in each of our cultures so we can understand more of his purpose in the earth. Enjoy the boundaries and cross them every once in a while. And why did he do it? That they would seek him. We are called as a people to seek him, and we seek him in different ways. You go to an African-American congregation, they seek him differently. Generally speaking, they're more stereotypically uh, positioned as those that are, are, are not driven by emotion, but emotion enhances their worship experience. You'll go to an to a Asian congregation that's different, to a, a uh, Latino congregation. Everybody seeks him differently, but we are called to seek him. And as we seek him, it says that we would grope for him, though he is not far from us. And that, that groping, the word there actually means to feel around, to, 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 as if you were blind. And a blind person cannot perceive through sight, and so they must do it through ear, by, by, by audio, and by, by touch. And, and when they begin to, to, to tell whether a person is attractive or not, they put their hands on their face. And they move them around and feel their cheekbones and, and their lips and their nose and their eyes and their forehead. And that way they can judge what the person looks like. In the same way, we are to grope for God like that. We can't see him like we want to. Boy, I'd love to see him. <laughs> I'd love to see him. Now, I know if you see him in all of his glory, you die. So I'm not in a hurry to see him real quick. But I would like to see him better than I do. And, 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 and because I don't sometimes... I got to grope around. I don't find his perfect will as, as quickly as I want. And so I feel this environment, feel that, feel that. And it takes me a while until I get a picture of what he's supposed to look like. Simply because we cannot see him the way we want to doesn't mean we don't need to try to find him. Paul says we have to grope for him. And sometimes it might be a little difficult for me to see him in a particular culture because I'm used to my own. Yet my job is to grope around in the Latino culture and find him, even though it may not be very familiar to mine. To grope around in the European culture and find him, even though it may not be familiar to mine. And to make sure that I fashion my culture by groping around and finding in mine that which could be best presentable to everybody else so that they could understand God better and not just to prefer mine above everybody else's because it's what I'm used to but to really sometimes defer mine so I can figure out how in the world I can best make my culture presentable to somebody else and bring them into my world so we can be in unity. We are called to seek him with all of our heart. We're called to grope for him. God made the ethnic groups. He made the races so that he could be seen in glory and diversity. He didn't make one kind of flower. He didn't make one kind of bird. He didn't make one kind of deer, he didn't make one kind of cow, didn't make one kind of dog. He made us all different. And we are to enjoy the diversity he put on the planet. This has been your 15.